Let's podcast alongside Lauren Brownlow. I'm Joe Obvious inside Eford Studios, downtown Raleigh. Thanks to Empire Properties and thanks to Copiers Plus. Check them out online at copiers-plus.com. Gilio is not here today because I believe he's doing some sort of community service for yet another traffic violation. I don't think I've ever heard of anyone having to do community service for a traffic violation unless it was like reckless driving. I think, well, I, I think he tried to get out of it. Thanks to our friends over at Whitaker and Hamer. Sure. They, they work this kind of stuff out. Plus, I don't know, maybe it's an accumulation of things. Because remember, he got that he got that speeding ticket on the way out to Sedgefield. Okay. For the Wyndham, where we hung out with the mayor of Sedgefield, yes. your dad. Yes. Yes. Was it was it in the neighborhood? Yeah. Well, this one, no, it was... By, it wasn't it was in, in Sedgefield. It was in Graham. Okay. We were driving through Graham. It's on the highway. And then this one, this traffic violation apparently happened on Fayetteville Street, where you're trying to pass a car. And a cop did not take kindly to that, so he popped him, and now he's he's not he's not here today. But anyway, uh, happy Halloween! Thank you. I see you're festive today. You've got your I love Halloween. Got your bloody knife earrings. Those are my favorites. I've been wearing them. Are, is the shirt intentionally ripped like your Freddy Krueger? Or I don't know. I'm not Freddy Krueger. I'm just, okay. Just getting in the spirit. Okay, I'm going as a Disney adult. I say, you say yourself, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's fair. That is fair. <laughs> Although. I did get struck with inspiration in the last 24 hours, thanks to ACC football coaches. Ugh. I feel like what I should do for Halloween is this year, just put out granola bars, maybe a pencil, a couple pencils, yeah. no, nothing really exciting for Halloween, just basic stuff, healthy food, if you will. And then when the kids complain, I can be, whoa, where's the appreciation, kids? Exactly. I gave out full candy bars last year. Two years ago, I gave you full Reese's. Last year, in the pa- or in the pandemic year, I had a table filled with a variety of things that you could choose. Where's it show a little appreciation for what I've built over Halloween in the last 10 years, kids? So, you know, I'm having an off Halloween. You know, I, I didn't get to Costco in time. They switched over to Christmas. I missed out on the big deals for candy bars. But, hey, you know what? Everybody's had a bad You're Halloween. lucky I'm giving you any candy. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Is that what I should do for Halloween? Maybe. <laughs> All right. Apples. It's been <laughs> give out some apples. Now people won't trust that. It's it's been a really it's been a really <laughs> interesting couple of days with ACC football coaches and appreciation or wanting to feel appreciated or I mean we all can identify with that feeling I, I of course it, it all it's all to varying degrees of appreciation that these coaches want. Sure. We've had Dave Dorn start the week off with his clapping back of Steve Smith. I was alarmed for his health. Thankfully, that was not necessary. <laughs> we had Mac Brown on Monday during his normal press conference. Seem a little, seem a little bit surly at the questions about the defense. And then Dabo capped the night by having an epic five-minute rant at the expense of Tyler, Tyler. from Spartanburg. Okay, so Tyler. Let's let's, <laughs> let's start with Mac. Actually, let's start with Mac because uh, Mac is all out of answers when it comes to yet another defensive breakdown that cost them a game. And 
he got a little bit of the Dabo virus or, you know, as we like to call it, the Jeff Bizdelic of the week where yeah. you sit there and you talk about what you'd actually be. Our radio people told us that uh, you take away those those runs and we outscored him by 19. So, so Dabo's been on this kick the last couple of weeks saying, hey, man, we're just one or two plays away from being 7-0. And you know, going into the NC State game, you can yeah. make the argument that they're eight and no without the Peyton Wilson pick six. I think he's still said something. I don't know if he still said something mm-hmm. like that, but Mac Brown said the same thing during his press conference, and that's what got most of the run. You know, we're two drives away from being a top five team. Oh, oh okay, uh, I'm a, I'm a couple scratch off tickets away from being a millionaire. Right? But, you know, it is what it is. You yeah. are you are what your record says you are, and I think. The biggest issue isn't that you did, you didn't lose these games to top level competition. That's the thing. You that's, lost these. That's games. where you lose people when you say. Now look, if you if Georgia Tech were the first game they'd lost, with the way a lot of it played out, not all of it because the defense yeah. was just ghastly in the fourth quarter. I it's the worst I think I've ever seen that defense play ever. Okay, and that's mm-hmm. saying something. Mm-hmm. Uh, if without that, there were some definite things that like you were just like that only happens to them in Atlanta. You know what I mean? Like even that the Tez Walker fumble. Yeah. Like he was it looked like he was about to score mm-hmm. and he just didn't see the guy. Great hit. Like he credit to the, he but got, it, it was, the hospital. Like that that kind of it looked like a first down conversion mm-hmm. on their way to the game winning touchdown. And all of a sudden it, it it ends with like that guy, a beloved team member that they fought to get eligible all year, all of a sudden laying there motionless. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is like the ultimate. But look, they did enough to put themselves in that situation. And without Virginia, like with Virginia in the mix too, and the way they played in that game, mm-hmm. you it, you can't take it in a vacuum, and that's the thing. Like, well, sorry, maybe you should have like taken one of your four double digit leads and done a touch more with it. I think that's the part that is the most maddening, and why they seem to be. Or at least Mac Brown yesterday was a bit of a loss, and he kept deferring to Gene Chizik, the defensive coordinator, for all questions related to what happened. And they had leads. Okay. Four the, of double digits. The, in the Virginia game, it wasn't as if something weird and fluky happened. Virginia just went out there. And, and they got a break in that game, a break that they didn't fumble like. Fumble out of the end zone. Right. They didn't get that kind of break at Georgia Tech, nope. whatever, but they, they did get that one in that game. And then with, again, with Georgia Tech in the fourth quarter, it wasn't some weird fluky special teams breakdown. It wasn't some sort of penalty. No, it was that cost just literally you. their defense had, was befuddled. So here's Mac Brown on Monday getting asked questions related to what's up. Like, how does the second quarter and the fourth quarter in Atlanta happen like that? And there was a pattern that developed. Back up, looking at the, uh, the fourth quarter, I mean, you mentioned tempo. I mean, was it just a case of your defense line was getting worn down? I feel like their offensive line did a good job as the game went on, especially. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Gene will address all that chip here in a minute. But, I mean, we're we can't get them off the field. And, they blocked us and we didn't respond very well. So that was very, very disappointing. All right. That was Chip Alexander from News and Observer asking that question. I believe Adam Smith inside Carolina followed up <laughs> with that. And, and here is the, uh, here is the, re- actually, no, let me go to this other question because it's, it's just as short before I get to the Adam Smith uh, exchange. No, I'm sorry. This is an Andrew Jones exchange. Okay. Excuse me. I'm getting my sound clips confused. So this is Andrew Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it Tar Heel Illustrated? illustrated. Mm-hmm. And Andrew's been covering Carolina for a very, very mm-hmm. long time. And Mac did not like the way it was described as catastrophic, a word that Gene Chizik uses all the time. Is there a moment maybe where you sense that some of the stuff that was working defensively earlier, just for lack of a better term, kind of fell over a cliff? Uh, 
I wouldn't say it fell off. I'm trying yeah. to find a good way to say yeah. it. But, the but good way to say it is we were playing great defense before the Virginia game, and we have played very poor defense the last two weeks. So if, if, it, if falling off the cliff's a better term for you to be was, dramatic, that, that's... Well, it's, I don't know if it's my term so much. I was just trying to find a way to... Yeah, here, here's what... It's been pretty dramatic. Yeah, here, here's what you don't hear. We played great defense the first quarter. Wow, we didn't fall off the cliff the first quarter. We played maybe the best defense we've played in a long time the third quarter. Didn't okay. fall off the cliff Stop. third quarter. I can't. I can't. So you all want it to be drastic. The fourth quarter, we were absolutely awful, as bad as we've been since we've been here. You know who played defense in the third quarter for the most part? Carolina's offense did. Mm-hmm. That's who they had the ball for 13. And this is this annoyed me. And you know, I love West Durham and Tim Hasselbeck, but on the broadcast, there was talk, and I get why they were saying they, they were gassed. They were saying they were gassed. They were not on the field in the third quarter no. at all. Haynes King threw a pick, an awful pick mm-hmm. that he's known to throw passes mm-hmm. like that, by the way, that they, you know, thankfully they made the play, they caught it. And then they had another drive where they did get a stop on the drive. It wasn't like a three and out or anything, though. They have played better defense even in that quarter. They were not on the field. It's driving me nuts that, he, that like, that's still a thing that people are saying because they just weren't on the football, on the football field. field. They were not. Mac did reference the fact that they had time of possession in the third quarter, but then he put it mostly it was on. was a he, minute and he, change he, that they he, had the football. He continues to actually <laughs> put the onus on the offense for not producing, which is odd to me considering they had how many points? In that they had double digit leads at that point, but anyway, I mean, he continues. in the third, so to me, right. you look at what's good about first and third quarter, and you try to figure out, like Chip said, what happened. Uh, second, they threw it, fourth, they ran it, and why? And part of that's offensively, we didn't play as well on offense in the fourth quarter, so we, we were 0 3 on third downs. <laughs> so if we stay on the field offensively, and and that's why this stuff gets pretty complicated. It's not as simple as everybody wants it to be. This butt stunt. No, it's a team game, and we start talking about complementary football. When you can't move the ball, you leave your defense out there too long, they're going to get tired. Okay, cool. I mean, what? Like, here's my issue with this, okay? Did they not convert? He's right. They didn't convert a third mm-hmm. down in the fourth quarter. You know what? They did almost went on the Tez Walker fumble. That's... I don't know that I'm throwing that in there as like a fail on the offense's part. It's just something it's bad football. stuff that happens. That's football. Right. They had a field goal attempt miss that perhaps they should have not even bothered to kick the field goal when you see how your defense just looked. Like, mm-hmm. I- I'm sorry. I'm I don't understand how your your team can score 42 points and you can let up what you did in the fourth quarter defensively. Mm-hmm. And then you can sincerely say that, like, oh, the offense didn't do enough. It's it, everything is on them, and they knew that. And that also makes it harder for the offense. Every bit of pressure is on them when they see the defense going that way because they know if they do not score, mm-hmm. they will which, find themselves like either down or the game close. It's just which is ugh. why kicking the field or attempting the field goal that they missed with about what six or seven minutes. I mean, to go it was in that fourth game. and seven. Yeah, I, you but know, at but this still. point, you know, given how the fourth quarter was going, it was a read the room situation. Right? Maybe you that, have to understand yes. that when Georgia Tech gets the ball back, they're likely to go down the field and score on you. Six point lead was not going to be enough. That what happened to was I feel like Georgia Tech really stepped on the accelerator when it came to the tempo. And they got confused. They got confused and they couldn't get lined up correctly. So it wasn't being gassed. It was confusion. Cedric Gray actually talked about it after the game. And Mac Brown was asked about that again during yesterday's press conference. And he once again deferred. Mac, as you've gone back and looked at it, um, it looked like at least 
their Saturday night to, to some of our untrained guys. It looked like Georgia Tech threw it on you pretty well in the first half, and you adjusted, maybe you got to nickel in the second half and then stayed in the nickel when they were running it all over you. I mean, that that's seemed like one of the failures. That's what Gene will be here to answer. Did that, you that's, all see that when you went back and looked at it? That's what Gene will be here to answer. That's why we have our coordinators come for 30 minutes. Hmm. So okay. that was Adam Smith who asked that question from inside Carolina. I texted Adam last night and I said, Hey man, look, you're there all the time. I don't have an opportunity to get to these press conferences. Yeah, I usually just hear the audio or I watch the YouTube just to get a general sense. Was Mac unusually short with these types of things? Does he always just say, we're going to go to Gene Chizik on that? And Adam said, I, yeah, well, he does. But it, it he was, was giving me a bit of Phil Longo energy, honestly, yeah. because remember, that's always what they like, what he used to say about any question about the offense ever. Mm -hmm. Not that there were as many, but anytime yeah. somebody was like, why'd you call this player? Like, why did this happen? Or why wasn't so? Go ask Phil. Yeah. Yeah. So, but this, this led up to Mac Brown getting into the theme of the show. And that is coaches just kind of fed up with being questioned and, and, and not having fans appreciate where things are right now. Matt, uh, sort of along the lines of what Jeremiah is asking you, I was thinking about it. Like, I mean, this is an older group of guys uh, by and large that had had very ambitious goals for this season. And with the back-to-back -back losses, some of those goals, you know, move, move further from reality. I mean, it's part of your challenge, challenge this week in addition to fixing stuff, just like the motivation, like like making sure the motivation doesn't give or wane. You know what I'm saying? Like, is that part of your on your plate sure but if you if you're trying to be the best you can be and you're trying to improve every week and you're trying to play up to a standard none of that should matter i mean it's these are human beings and obviously there's some disappointment for all of us uh, but they they don't cancel us games they don't cancel the season uh, there's guys on our team that won two games one year and there's fans that didn't show up for two games that are bitching about six wins. So, um, I, I mean, that, that's just part of the deal. You, you just do the best you can do trying to explain how 120 guys feel and if they're excited, if they're disappointed. Some that didn't play are mad because they didn't play. Uh, some that played good are really excited. Some that played bad are blaming coaches. <laughs> I mean, that, across the country, that's just that, – that's what happens. It's a, uh, it's a, a huge – uh, span of emotions when you start looking at a football team and, and you just have to kind of balance it all out and do the best you can do and try to get ready to uh, not only beat Campbell but get better uh, this week because you got uh, you got one of the hardest schedules left emotionally that we've ever had. So again, that's Mac Brown at his Monday press conference. And I have a couple thoughts on this. Mac is older and wiser. Yeah. And I'll go back to something that Mac Brown said when he took over. Carolina 2.0 version where he said, look, man, being away from football for five years doing TV gave you a little bit of appreciation and a little bit more of a larger worldview. You know, don't miss the forest from the trees kind of thing. And I think that's what you get in that answer. Like, look, man, look across the country. Right. Totally on board with what Max says. However, what I, what I do wonder and worry about at North Carolina is I would be pissed off. Yeah. 
you know, yeah. if, if I had things set up for me the way that Carolina had yes, this season. Yes. And you look at what's left to, uh, yeah, I it was all right there. I wouldn't shrug it off. No. I wouldn't be like, hey, man, look across the country. I mean, I know, I, again, I understand where he's coming yes, from. Yes, I do too. I do too. And he is right in that there's upsets like there's, all the time. Right. There's upsets all the time. And then when you look at the totality, like what exactly do but, you want in terms of a year in, year out football record? I get that too. But there's a couple of things at play here. There's history at North Carolina. Goes beyond yeah. Mac Brown. Yeah, I wrote I wrote about this for the Messenger this week. Actually, it's not not out just yet, but it will be. And then there's also getting pissed off about the opportunity you have That's with Drake May, who Mac Brown even said out. Oh, there's only two more games for for Drake May at home. I think the frustration too is not just about Drake, right? It's mm. also about the fact that they have Sam Howell before him. And tell me that game didn't feel like a vintage Sam Howell game because yeah. it did to me. I haven't seen Carolina play that kind of a game specifically where the defense is just that bad mm-hmm. that you know they have to score every time they every touch time. the ball. It, they haven't played that poorly, I don't think, since like... I mean, they, some games they won, and I think that's why you it masks it, right? Like, they won some games last mm-hmm. year where they allowed some awful point <laughs> totals, but they won anyway. And I think maybe it makes it seem like less of an issue because they were able to win in spite of that when it's really like, no, this is still a big problem that you're putting all of this on your offense. It's not sustainable. Every time we talk about college football, it's brought to you by Wings Over. Check them out. Wings Over Raleigh, Wings Over Chapel Hill, Wings Over Greenville. Uh, with Raleigh and in Chapel Hill, I mean, at this point, you're eating your feelings and wings are a wonderful way to eat yeah. your feelings. All the great flavors. So go check them out. They're open for lunch in Raleigh. Uh, best part about wings over for me is you can order online, schedule your pickup, go get it and take it back home. That's what I've been doing the last couple of weeks during the football season. So again, go check out wings over. All right. Over to Dabo Monday night. <laughs> I needed that. It's, it's, it's the coaches. I needed it so much. It's the coaches, uh, call in show. And I, I look right off the bat. I thought to myself, hold up. They're still taking calls on a coach's radio show. Not super surprising to me there. Okay. I I think there's always been a little bit of a different relationship. Maybe, maybe, but I just know that across the country, coaches shows have gotten away from calls or they do voicemails and or emails. Or like, write like, or yeah, something you can screen. Yes. Yes. Because so people will, callers will lie about who they are. Of course I have, they are. I've heard of this countless times. Lauren. They'll be like, we want to ask about this. And then they'll get on there and be like, why are you, whatever. Like, my, it's, yeah. My first job in radio oh, yeah, was you know. a call screener. <laughs> so, yeah. yes, I understand. Yes. One of my first gigs was to actually run the board for when the Steve Logan coaches show would happen at an ECU. Oh, boy. And he would battle with fans all the time. I mean, heck. I remember there was a time I think did it was, he get mad at you for letting some through? Uh, no, this was we just ran the board. Uh, there were times where uh, gold when I was a producer call screener at eight fifty the buzz where a guy would say X Y Z and they would get on. Oh, okay, and completely just not talk about the thing they said they wanted to talk about. And Adam and I would look at each other and I just put up my hands like, dude. It's not what, it, yeah. I screen the guy. Like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> um, so it, it happens. It yeah, happens. Yeah. And sometimes you can play off of it. I mean, I remember one time. I'm sure Logan would have played off of it very well. I think it was the, I think it was the Tom O'Brien show. Oh boy. Where somebody had gotten (laughs) through and just, and I remember this, I don't know, the audio clip probably got disappeared, but it was like, pack your bags, pack your bags, pack your bags. Uh, I think it was after the, the loss to North Carolina. So this call gets through from a guy named Tyler. Tyler goes for three minutes. He goes for three minutes. Okay. 
So I, I get to the last part where he gets to the crowd. Like two, but either way, it's a no, lot. I, I timed it. He spends Oof. time talking about how long he's been a fan, that he's a man of faith. He yeah, spent time he had in the a military. Bible verse ready for him. He hit him with a proverb yeah. about pride before the fall, like all the stuff. Yeah, he called him arrogant. Well, but the worst what, thing he called him, he called him Tommy Bowden. That's like a swear word for Dabo. So it, it leads to this stretch and Dabo responding. Oh, man, I paid the wrong one. I'm just off my game when it comes to playing sound bites. Here's the one. But after that 2018 national title, something changed. And there seems to be a lot of the arrogance that came in. Um, there's a lot of friends and family. I mean, three of the ten on-field football coaches are external, experienced hires. Everyone else was an internal hire that had no experience before or was a former player. Um, or friend. So I'm curious, why are we paying you $11.5 million to go four and four? And it's not just this year. It's been, it's been, you know, just a refusal to accept. All right. All right. What's the name? Hey, Tyler. Hey, Tyler. I've listened to enough of you, Tyler. uh, You can can have all your opinions that you want. Uh, I don't know how old you are. Don't really care. All right. The age thing was weird. Uh, we won 11 games last year, and you're part of the problem, to be honest with you, because that is part of the problem. It's people like you that do that. All you do is it's the appreciation, the expectation is greater than the appreciation, and that's the problem. And so, you know, we've won 12. So he, he continues on. <laughs> is, age, is that actually the problem, though? <laughs> the age thing, I think, was in reference to the fact that let's go through Clemson history. If right. you're an older but he man. Was, he seemed like very sure that this guy was very young. And I, I certainly didn't get that from hearing his voice, but whatever. I didn't get Tyler. I didn't get that either. So he he continues. Dabo on his radio show continues because he, he went for about five minutes. Oh, gonna, over five minutes. I'm not I listened play, to every second of it without thinking that I would. I'm not going to play the whole clip because, A, it's five minutes. B, he repeats himself often. So I got to the well, meat. That's what makes it good. This, this, I got to the meat of what Dabo was saying. <laughs> won 12 10 plus win seasons in a row that's happened three times in 150 years so if you want to know why Clemson ain't sniff a national championship for 35 years we've won two in seven years and there's only two other teams that can say that Georgia and Alabama okay is this a bad year is this a yeah and it's my responsibility take 100% responsibility for it but all this bull crap you're thinking, all these narratives you read, <laughs> listen, man, you can have your opinion all you want, and you can apply for the job, and good luck to you, right? <laughs> but to answer your question, all right, we're second in draft picks. We've graduated 98% of our guys. We're second in wins, all right? We, we, if you, you want to know why, again, I'm telling you, we're not perfect. There's a lot of things that, you know, Frank Howard never had a bad year. Coach Ford never had a bad year. Nobody that coach K yes. never had a bad year in basketball. It's my favorite. People have a bad year. <laughs> like, Invoking Coach K. He's right though. Everybody's had a bad year. But here's here's where I'm at with Dabo. Not, brought, not a ton though. He brought up last year. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's no um yeah, there's no there's no back jokes with um with Dabo. <laughs> last year, Dabo was about Clemson was about taking back the corners. Like you had your one year where we fell yes. off. That was your chance to get it. And then they went back and they won 11 times, won the ACC again, beating 
North Carolina in the ACC championship. I don't know that we completely bought it, but we were still like, okay, like yeah. this shows that we still saw the issues though. Yes, we still that's saw the, the issues. Thing. The issues were still there. You still need to go out and get your talent level has dropped off from Again, where you were when you won those national championships. I maintain playing UNC's defense and like made people think differently Maybe. about Cade Klubnik than what he really is. But it also is not just a quarterback problem it's at Clemson. So. It's, it's wide receivers. Yeah. It's running backs. Yep. You know, shout out to Will Shipley. But again, it's it's, it's yes. all those things. As, as Gilio pointed out yesterday, right now their best dude is their tight end. That's yeah. a problem if you're Clemson. But because you won the ACC championship, it emboldens you to think, well, what I'm doing still works. You guys are wrong. I'm right. And I'm not the first person to point this out. I know Bud Elliott's been on this uh, over at uh, CBS Sports, the Cover Three podcast, and we'll get to we'll get to Bud's theory in a second. <laughs> Bud is absolutely right that this season is actually good for Clemson and good for Dabo yes. because it does it not makes you look allow in the mirror. you. Yep, it does not allow you to comfort yourself. And well, we still won the league. No, you have to take a hard look at what's going on and think. I have to adapt. Otherwise, I'm going to get left behind in where college football is going. And I think the fan concern that I've seen, not talking about Tyler. Tyler. I'm not talking about that. I'm, I'm talking about like some legit fan concern is is really like when they see quotes that Dabo has about like, oh, we're a few plays from eight. No, And I get why he's saying that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it makes people think that Nobody like. wants to hear that shit. It, it, well, and like people think that they're, they're not actually addressing anything because they think they should be eight. No, anyway. Mm -hmm. Like they think it's all just a matter of like turnover and bad luck, which they have done some of that. But at the same time, like that didn't used to the matter to them either. The football playoff committee is not going to look at Dabo's quote and say, hey, you know, I know. Well, we should consider we know that, but I'm saying, like, because it could be a reason for him to say they don't need to do as much well, somebody introspection. Needs, somebody needs to get in Dabo's ear and say, hey, man, you might have to say this publicly to keep your team in it because there is that aspect of it. You have to publicly still believe in your team. It's the yes, same thing for that, sure. The same, same thing, thing that Max's doing. doing. Yep. You still got to show that you believe in your team. Yes. Dave Dorn's gone about it in a different way, which we'll get to in a second. <laughs> but you still have to show you but believe in the team. But it comes from the same place. Yeah. But, but internally, yeah, you have to be having honest conversations about 100%. what you have to be doing next. Yes. And this gets us to Bud, uh, who is more convinced <laughs> that Tyler was an inside job. How do you get that call through otherwise with the calls coming from inside the house? And how does Dabo have all these stats right <laughs> offhand? That was, I mean, he this, made me think. I'm not saying Bud's right. It made me think a minute. So look at this plant. Claiming to be a veteran from overseas also helps sell uh, as to why you don't cut the guy off. I don't know. Maybe it ain't that deep. Maybe not. Yeah. It, I don't think it's that deep. Why am, I, why am I playing my own self? Anyway, the point being, I'm having all sorts of technical issues today, but you know what? You need to be accountable for those. You know what, Lauren? You know what? How about let's go through the 90 other right. shows that so I've done? I'm sorry. I should show appreciation. You You're should right. show appreciation for episodes one through 90 <laughs> of this podcast and how technically brilliant I've been with them and not look at episode 91 and think to yourself, man, Ophius is really falling off. <laughs> He's really falling off, hasn't he? I don't think it's a plan. I really don't think it's a plan. Yeah, I actually don't either. Um, I don't know. He he had he probably has the stats ready to go. Of course he I does. I mean, he's Dabo. I mean, it's the same thing happened when he went after Steve Spur Spurrier. Like, that was a work. No, I know of an instance that was a plant, like the famous triple play, Tom O'Brien triple play. Oh. That was a planted question. Really? Yes, that was a planted question. I had, Are you serious? I'm being That actually significantly serious. takes away from my joy. Yeah, the Tom like O'Brien triple play I'm was, so disappointed by this. You've ruined it, my day. He would basically was like, hey, make sure you ask about X, and then boom, the triple play happened. I hate this. 
that just because like Tom was a very quick witted. I mean, he's, he still he is, still is a very quick witted man. It was a planet question. I'm so, this is crushing to me. I am crushed. Speaking of the Wolfpack, Dave Dorn had his Monday press availability and he added some clarification. Uh, This has to hurt. This this has to be fascinating for you because you're a Steve Smith apologist. And Steve Smith uh, said something something that Dave Dorn did not like. You're going to ask me to take sides. You know Uh, who I'm siding with. So here's Dave Dorn (laughs) following up again on the Steve Smith exchange. And apparently they've exchanged texts and video. In the post game, Regarding my comments, I felt, you know, it was very important to stand up for our program and for our team. And uh, I do feel that duty uh, and that responsibility as a head coach. And and in the moment, my feelings were very raw and authentic. (laughs) And I have great respect for Steve Smith. You know, after the game, uh, he texted me and sent me a video uh, congratulating me on the win. And um, as a man, I thank him for that. You know, it takes a lot Mm -hmm. of humility. Uh, to do stuff like that, you know, and and I know he was not trying to disrespect our program, even though that's how I felt. Uh, and I appreciate him for that and, you know, invited him to come down and spend time anytime he wants. And hopefully he'll do that. Come be on our sideline. He's a great player for the Panthers, great player for Utah and a great representative of the game. And I think him being on our sideline, feeling the energy of our fan base would be awesome. So hopefully we'll get that done. I love that. So like, that's just two adult men. That can both get both have been known to take a lot of things personally. Yes. I think in my in the piece I wrote up on, I called him fellow slight detector or something <laughs> like like slight seeker. Because uh, they both are. They, they are. both love that. They, they don't love it necessarily, but they look for it. They look for it and they're like, no, this is not okay. And I'm gonna show you why. Yeah. They're both kind of like that. I I mean, I love that. Like S- Steve Smith, look at that growth. Think about there's been growth. See, I think that's the buried lead here because growth. I know Joe and there's I were been talking growth about for both of them. I'm proud of. Them. I really do think that Steve Steve Smith has grown. There is a decade ago. Uh, <laughs> oh, Steve Smith was shown up ready for blood and guts. I mean, maybe, or he definitely would have said a lot meaner things easily than what I actually thought was a little more innocuous of a it comment when I heard innocuous. it. I was surprised, like I because it, I'm hearing it in Smitty's voice when Doran's saying that, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, he's probably like just basketball school because that's like how but he didn't he didn't he actually seemed apologetic about it and sad for state so i was like why did he i mean who knows maybe somebody just told him somebody said that maybe he actually saw it himself i don't think he saw it i don't think he saw it either because he does he did seem very like hey i know he didn't mean it that way but i felt like he did and i and look it takes like doran has shown growth too mm-hmm. because good for him for just saying like listen that's the way i took it I got a ton of respect for him. We talked it out. It's all good. Yeah. Like he even had to, uh, you know, go back on the whole basketball. Like we're not a bas- we're not a basketball school. And this is what he had to say. NC State has a lot of great sports and football is one of them. And supporting my program uh, and doing that was my intentions. And that's what I was doing. I was standing up for a football team. And uh, I know in the aftermath, things sometimes land differently with certain people and you know, because of that, I did call Coach Keats, and Kevin's a great friend. I love the guy, and uh, definitely <laughs> I have so much respect and admiration—not just for him, but for his program. And <laughs> that's what makes NC State different. 
Yeah. I'm not going to get on Dave too much about, no, 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 about what's well, more. Although, to be I fair, can. that's the one who should have been like, hey, hey why wouldn't it. they look forward to basketball? Hello. I, I, I'm the one who's won ACC championships yeah, exactly. here in modern history. Yeah, the all three. <laughs> With this, but, but this particular thing is not that deep. I know, I know. It's that's, really not. That's really not that deep. No. It, it, to, no, I, I, I'm I, just The joking. people who wanted a well, actually, the basketball school thing, I'm like, y'all, come on. I think it's fair to do that, to be honest. To well, actually, it in the sense of like the Westmore, because I almost said that too. I was yeah. almost kind of like, Smith, that would be Smitty's best comeback. Is like, well, isn't your women's team like awesome? Are you gonna act like they're not? Like, sorry, that, that can, <laughs> I know that it's can fine. teeter into. I know. Like, I, I only wanted him to say it if he meant it as an insult. Which to be clear, I know he watches women's basketball, so I thought he might have meant yeah, it. But like, still. that's not that deep. In, in it's the really not that things. deep. But yeah. I think the 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 thing that I that people should take away from Dave Dorn and all of this. You might not like the messaging. You might not like the way he goes about he's it. He's a little might prickly he's, sometimes. Might think a little it's sensitive. Small and sensitive. However, it gets back to what we talked about at the beginning with Mac Brown. He's pissed off. Yes. And the team feeds off the fact that they're pissed off and they want to take back some of the season. Yeah. And, and it gets back to a conversation we've had all year about what is the floor for NC state? The floor should not be three wins. And it looks like they're going to fight their way into having, I'm not a, surprised a respectable season. And that's a credit to yes. Dave Doran in the grand scheme of things. Housekeeping. All right. So we have the OG tailgate taking place next week. So Tuesday, the 7th, okay. Carolina Hurricanes, Buffalo Sabres. We're going to be hanging out in the parking lot with wings from Wings Over. We'll have some beverages as well. It's just a hang. It's just a hang. Now, you have to have tickets to get into the game. But we have three pairs of tickets that we're going to give away later today. It's all on our Instagram account, OG Triangle Media on Instagram. A lot of people have entered. We're going to pull three listeners out of that group later today. So be on the lookout for that. If you don't win, but you're still going to the game, hang out with us before the game at the OG tailgate, uh, which is going to be helped by wings over and our friends over at Sweetwater as well. And if you're going to the game and you want to bring your own goods, you can drop by breeze through at a location right across the way from PNC arena. They've got one in Chapel Hill too. So if you're headed to two more UNC football games, drop on by that breeze through and pick up your tailgating needs. And of course, get gas as well. That's kind of a big deal. So big thanks to Breeze Through for sponsoring Ovias and Jillio. And big thanks to Whitaker and Hamer. Check them out. WH.lawyer. They might find a way to get you out of a traffic violation. Just like they did for Jillio. They have all sorts of things. Attorneys and counselors at law. Did you see Smitty on the sideline? He was doing NFL film stuff. He had like the camera and everything. Yeah, I saw him a little bit. Okay. I, was... I, I love, he's, by the way, C. Smith has always been like this, uh, going all the way back to when he was playing for the Panthers, where he like interned for WFNZ. Yes. He would like hang out in the studio. I know he goes on with our friend Kyle Bailey all the time uh, on WFNZ. He's got his podcast. He's doing mm -hmm. the film stuff. He's got the TV stuff. So he is, a, he's a learner, man. He's just, I, I he love, is. I love watching Smitty do his thing. Very smart guy. And that gets back to our conversation about growth with Smitty. Was there growth for Bryce Young this week? Clearly, CJ Stroud the bust. You mean literally? No, that's not going to happen. <laughs> unless he's taking something he shouldn't be taking. Um, or he's wearing those boots that Ron DeSantis has. So <laughs> my question is, CJ Stroud clearly the bust. Oh, because sure. Bryce yeah, Young obviously. got the QB wins this week. Yeah, he got week. the QB win. Yeah, so he's defeated now. <laughs> now he's going to have to keep defeating rookie quarterbacks as he goes All along right. to Just, get to the... So hear me out. Okay. Listening. One and six. But they're not out of the race. Please stop. 
not out of the race. I do think there's a path to the division to win the NFC South for the Carolina Panthers. I'm on board now. One win changes everything. It's a week-to-week league, Lauren. It's week-to-week. They just needed to break through once. Now, why are you looking at me like that? Okay, <laughs> because stop it. But the one, the one thing I will say uh-huh. is that it would be very funny because they don't have the pick. If they if they ended up making the playoffs and tanking their draft position that they don't even have. That would go to Chicago. So, correct. So, so now I'm kind of on board for this because that would actually cost Chicago like a lot of drafts. It lost. is funny you mentioned that because that's kind of where we are with the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. I, I'll look. Yesterday, I had a listener point out to me that I was kind of cavalier about the Panthers beating the Houston Texans. That game almost killed me. And the reason why I was somewhat cavalier is because, yes, they won. It's great that they won, but I don't think it really changes any of our opinions about what the Panthers are and what they need to fix. Right. Offensive line was still a problem. Yes. Frankie Louvu had an amazing game. Mm, love Frankie. And, I mean, as of this recording, it's it's 10-18 right now. Uh, they haven't traded Frankie, so that's good. Trade deadline's I, on the If way. they trade... Never mind. <laughs> I'm just... I'm going to... Or Brian Burns, for that matter. Well, at least that would... Mm. I don't know. It would, I don't want to say it would be understandable, but like, that's clearly their best asset. If they, if they would trade him, like, stop it. Read the room for once in your life. You you need to replenish those assets. And right now those are the two pieces that would get you anything at this point. Now, Frankie, leave Frankie out of this. Frankie is not an asset. Brian Burns. He is to me, but no one needs to know that. The ship sailed, (laughs) the ship sailed on getting two first round draft picks for Brian Burns. I know. Agree. Uh, so, Which is like, so at this point, just don't. Don't do it. Right. Sign them with a contract, but yes. we'll see how that all plays out. I mean, they just have to figure, like the left tackle situation is what it is at this point. But too. here's but here's what I, to get back to my Cavalier attitude about the Panthers and why I was kind of like, cool, you won. You needed to do it. I'm sure it was great to see Bryce Young smiling again because yes. we haven't really seen a yes. lot of smiling out of Bryce Young. That's just not his character. Uh, to see it, kinda, I think he's actually played better in other games that they didn't win. So you he know, has. I mean, not that he played poorly, he didn't. I thought he played pretty well. Bryce but like, Young has been fine. I agree. He, he has ultimately been fine. The team right. around him is just not very good right now. He can't catch the passes. I mean, Iki Aquanu's been oh, has regressed to a point where it's. I don't even. Oh you just God. wonder what's going on with him, man. Literally, where's Oz the Mentalist to come through the Panthers camp, uh, the Panthers uh, locker room, and convince him, hey, man, you need to act like it's 2022 again. Also, like we need him to get rid of the sun visor because I think he's not. I'm. Do you not see him looking around? No, I know what you mean. As if he didn't see what was what just mean. happening. I can't have that anymore. But the one thing <laughs> that I have to remind myself, and this typically happens Monday afternoon, Tuesday morning, as I'm getting ready for the rest of the week, is yeah. that I take, I take a look around the league. I stop focused on the team that we talk about mostly, and I go, okay, well, what else is going on? And right. The problem is when you look around, you're going, man, there's really nobody that's good. Right. And the, that's like, what makes this like almost worse. We're yeah. dangerously close to a weekend of football. If we had, if we didn't already hit it this past weekend, where I'm going to name you a quarterback that's starting this week. And you're going to say, that's not a real person. Okay. Or, Oh yeah, he's starting. where do he go to college? And I'll tell you where he went to college. And you'd be like, that's not a real place. That's just another house <laughs> of Harry Potter. I mean, I guess that that'd be an improvement over yeah, like maybe. whatever they've been doing with the yeah, terrible the backup QB recycling. Well, it's bad. Like, doesn't Nathan Peterman still I have mean, a job? Fact, what are we doing? The here? fact that Tommy DeVito got <laughs> actual like I need Bless. to go win a game time Bless. for the Giants tells you something. Did Eric Dungy play in the NFL? Because if he didn't, I'm going to be did. mad on his behalf. Okay, no, he good. did. Okay, he good. Because like I'm pretty sure of Syracuse quarterbacks I've seen I, recently. I got to go back and look at uh, Sports Reference, but I'm pretty sure he at least 
played in, in backup game. duty right. or That's mop what up I was duty hoping like for, for him. Yes. So to my point, nobody's great. Quarterbacks are getting hurt. And that's quarterback gonna, play isn't great. It's not great either. No. So six of the next 10 games, the rest of the way for the Carolina Panthers are against teams with losing records. The Colts are three and five. That's their next opponent. The Bears are a dumpster. Fire. The Bears just got, I think the Bears have to quit the NFL after what the Chargers social media did to them. Oh using, my God. Uh, I think you should leave memes <laughs> oh. on them. Oh. I'm doing my part. I'm doing my part. I'm not doing shit. That was amazing. So, so the Bears are two and six. The Titans are three and four. The Bucks are three and four. The Packers are two and five. The Bucks again, three and four. So that's your remaining slate of losing record teams, six out of the next, the next 10. But the Falcons, who are four and four, and the Saints, who are also four and four, uh, and tied for the top of the NFC South, are not exactly wowing you right now. The the Desmond Ritter experiment seems to have run its course in Atlanta and Panther legend Taylor Heineke looks like he's going to, he's going to That's gonna another one that. that I'm like, he's still in the league. He's still in the league. <laughs> you know what? Actually, before the season, before I realized he was on the Falcons, I thought he was still on the commanders. Speaking of that, you know, I mean, literally all of the quarterbacks, I think on that roster mm-hmm. are playing somewhere. PJ Walker's playing yes. Kyle Allen. Yes. Like <laughs> Sam Darnold almost started for the 49ers this week because Brock Purdy was in concussion protocol. Yeah. They so, even had a graphic up with Brock Purdy as Sam Darnold so during think, the game. So think about that. That, that <laughs> these, these washout QBs that the Panthers thought were going to fix problems are backups and they're actually playing, which tells you where we are in the NFL right now. Yeah. Now, the chance of the Panthers going from one and six to winning the division with a losing record is fanciful thinking. Mm-hmm. However, it is on the table for all the reasons I just laid out. I mean, I, I, I'm listening. You know, at first right. I was like, stop, because you know what? I'm so programmed to because it's happened to the uh-huh. Panthers before where uh-huh. they have like not the best season and make, you know, make the playoffs and then cost themselves draft spots. Yeah. However, now that it's not their draft pick, I mean, let's, let's get weird. I mean, that's really where we are right now with the Carolina Panthers. Do whatever you can do to not give the bears a great draft pick. I'm, I'm here for this. And what has been an uninteresting season. Wouldn't it be really something. fun? It actually though would be kind of funny if the bears ended up beating them. Because they would just be sabotaging themselves. That would once again show you that the players do not care about draft picks. The players do not care about tanking. The players just want to win. So, yes, that would be funny. Do you know the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears right now? Uh, (laughs) I heard the name and I never heard of him. Was it Tyler Bangett? I believe is the guy's last name. That's sure. I believe you. Chris Collinsworth was getting roasted the other night because he said something along the lines of like, you know, Justin Fields could learn from Tyler Bangett. Excuse me? You know how I feel about quarterback apologia in the NFL. I mean, did you watch the the 49ers? Uh, was terrible. Like the way they were like, I was like, is someone on this broadcast related to Brock Purdy? Like, and that's not saying he's bad. He's not bad, but they were acting like, like everything he did was like fine. And they were barely talking about the quarterback he was playing against that was outplaying him like crazy what's funny what's <laughs> funny about this and it kind of gets back to the start so we'll, we'll end this segment going going back to the start and the joke about it was a joke about bryce young and cj stroud and what the impact of this game meant in terms of how we perceive these two quarterbacks yes cj stroud and bryce young are going to be compared as a part of this quarterback class oh, until 100%. they're done oh, yeah like every other quarterback class there's nothing unique about what's going on here and that's fine but those those the definitive statements on these QBs don't happen until 10 years from now. Right. Not Certainly not 10 games in the season. We're not even 10 games in. However, 
it does expose the very base way we talk about the NFL that we it's look so at somebody like Brock Purdy, who's just he's okay. fine. He's exactly it. He is <laughs> fine. He's very like, except and, you could do a lot worse than Brock Purdy. And, I think he's like, he's good. He's mm-hmm. he's on the better side of average. It's it, it is the most base way you can talk about the NFL that's now permeated to casuals. And there's nothing wrong with casual fans. But in order to pull those casual fans in, you talk about these QBs in these ways and you have to be like, oh, he's you also there's also this tendency to be like, I want to be on the ground floor of saying that this guy was the next Tom Brady. Like I was telling you back then, I saw it in him. Nobody saw Tom Brady when it was going to happen. So I don't stop know. acting like that's going to be the case. But it's like maybe spend more of the broadcast gushing about the actual dude that is on fire yeah. at quarterback in There's Joe that. Burrow. Like, wh- why are you spending this whole thing being like, you know, they just made excuses for we're, him the entire time. We're doing this when, with the Dallas Cowboys. When the Cal- Dallas Cowboys win, we go back to the discourse about Dak Prescott and whether or not he's actually the guy that gets you over the top rather than talking about what ultimately makes the coffee drinkable in Dallas. What stirs the drink, if you will, it's the defense. Right. You know, just like with the San Francisco 49ers, it's the defense that's kind of banged up. It's right kind of like people can't talk about Tom Brady's early career with any nuance no, whatsoever. No, he was and always it drives me insane because I was there for yeah. it and I remember and I will not have you all gaslight me into believing anything else. Thank you. <laughs> Every time we talk about the Carolina Panthers is brought to you by Graffiti. Check them out in downtown Cary. Uh, graffiti has a bunch of great TVs. They got incredible bourbon specials. It's a Tuesday. So they got the break even night going on right now. And on Sundays for all of football, they got even more bourbon specials. So I go, go check out graffiti in downtown Cary. You might see us hanging out. I'll be there Thursday for the beer podcast or for the nine one nine vice podcast. So uh, go check that out. Also big thanks to home field. Check out the promo code OG 23 at checkout. Use the promo code OG 23 to get 15% off your order. They have amazing, Shirts, amazing sweatshirts, hoodies with awesome throwback designs. Homefield never misses. So you can get your stuff today. Go to homefieldapparel.com and use that promo code OG23. Eric McElaine, ACC Network, Clemson legend, hanging out with us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. Or should I call you Tyler and Spartanburg? <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not that. Never you, that guy. Are you sure it wasn't planted? Did Dabo yeah. hit something like, hey man, I got this fire take on fans? <laughs> could you so, imagine? Could you imagine if it like sounded like me or sounded like somebody else? You're like, right. oh, that's Eric. Are you that's kidding us, Tyler? <laughs> no, man, that, that was that was wild. Actually, um, what's crazy is that they let him ask that question. That's the I mean, that the guy, was the thing. Yeah, that made people bump that dude that. out. You got to cut yeah. him off. Dabo was probably like holding his finger up. He's like, do not do it. Let yeah. him finish. I'm about to just. <laughs> Force the earth right here. <laughs> I, and I feel though, and, and Lauren and I talked about this earlier, you know, between Dabo, Mac Brown on Monday, and Dave Doran using Steve Smith really as a jumping off point. Yeah. Agilio and I talked about this on Monday. For sure. His beef wasn't with Steve Smith, man. It's with fans, sure. but he can't keep taking it out on the fans. So he took it out on Steve Smith. I understand. All these three coaches have what every coach goes through. It's like, I've built something, we've had good things here. Yet the the pressures of football occasionally bleed out into the public and you see these coaches you know, real for I don't mind sure. it, but I also yeah. understand why fans at all different places feel this way. So let's talk specifically about Clemson and let's strip away the the silliness of Dabo talking about how we're a couple plays Aww. away from seven and oh and all oh. this other stuff. Do you think it's a good thing that Clemson's actually going through this right now? Because it'll force Dabo to actually look in the mirror and make some legit changes. Will it? 
Berlin? That's what I said. That's why I'm asking That's you. You all people would think, uh, I think whatever, it's going to be very fascinating either way. Um, and I, I think too, man, it's um, it's such an interesting thing. Because I go back and forth on it a bunch, uh, you know, what what should be done. You know, and, and there's different ways to say it. And, you know, obviously to attack a man's character, faith, and and poke and pry. I mean, that was a weird way to go about it. I think he could have asked the question, um, his finances, I mean, what he's worth. Like, that's, first of all, he's worth way more. Like, let's be real. And Joe, yeah. you and I talked about that. I couldn't remember if it was this past ACC championship. Might have been. Or two years ago. But you and I were talking about because people were getting mad at him then. And I'm like, listen, before this guy got here, you were nothing. Mm-hmm. You have a blip. You were a blip on the, the historical plane of college football. Three, I think, 10-win seasons before. When I was there, that's what we did. That's just what we do, you know, yep. and still to this day. And, and obviously they won't do it this year, but uh, it was just a regular. So he, he deserves more money. And think of think of the it, – it's so funny. I call it Dabonomics because it's a real thing. <laughs> think of the application rate. Think of the way the university has grown. Right. And our leadership has 1,000% leaned into that. Presidents, board, AD, uh, and, and grown because of that. And they understand. Listen – the, the house is the school, right? The university is the house, but the front porch that everybody sees yeah. is athletics, is football. Mm-hmm. And they understand that that thing is shiny and pretty and that'll open up a lot of doors. So I think when you attack a man or a woman in that way and come after all those things that he said, what do you expect? You're going to get the horns, man. You're going to get the fire. And uh, as, you, as you brought up there, it, it's so much pressure. And this has probably been building for two and a half years. I mean, as yeah. soon as he doesn't make a playoff, he's the worst guy ever and get rid of him. Uh, and now it's this buildup to where it just it just all exploded. So I like the human element of it. Yeah. Um, I think there's something to that. And again, I think the questions that were trying to be asked without you know being attacking were valid, but it's just the way it happened, and he got the result that we all saw. <laughs> Listen, once he said Tommy Bowden, that's yeah, when, like that's what? when Dabo held the finger up, like, no, I'm gonna let him finish. Yeah. And he was yeah. red, he was ready. Exactly. <laughs> like that's the, that's incredibly unfair obviously right. and, and obviously that would be something that would upset him a lot to have that comparison absolutely, absolutely. and i honestly again y'all, y'all know how strong in his faith he is when he said i don't know if you've read this passage of scripture but Ooh. like he's totally making fun of him i mean it's just it was bizarre it, it was just a silly way to do it um <laughs> and so because of all those things you know it's just you get what you get man all right but let's get back to my central question Yes, please. I'm sorry. That and was that, a long winded. No, it's but it, I think but that's important. But that's important context to Dabo yeah. has the right to feel a particular way about sure. the program that he has sure. built and has been successful. Absolutely. But once you get to that level, the expectations then adjust to what you should be. Alabama yes. deals with this with Nick mm-hmm. Saban. Georgia obviously deals with this with Kirby Smart going forward. So my curiosity is as stubborn as Dabo has been about changing with the times you can't yeah. sit here and watch this Clemson team and not think, man, if you had just played the game, if you modernized to go get yourself a player out of the portal, like so many other schools do. And we're not talking wholesale roster changes sure. like a Leon. It's more of like the Mike Elker approach at Duke. He said, look, people act like we weren't active in the portal. We were right. We yeah. Identified our needs. We went and got them. Yeah. And that's how we make our team better. I don't yeah. think it's that hard of an ask for Dabo, is it? Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think the interesting thing too, is um, you know, just how competitive of a guy he is. I, I would think that he would want to dominate that facet too and, and want to prove that, 
you know, his culture is strong enough that they can bring anybody in and, and adapt to that quickly. So I, I don't, I don't know the hesitation with it. And, and I think like I asked him this year, you know, quite, you know, blank period about it. And uh, you know, what he told me is just that there was no room. We had too many guys come back that, that we yeah. thought were leaving. Mm-hmm. Uh, our recruiting class was too big and too many guys came back and, and we had to make it work. You know, we had to make it work to get Ruka Roro to come back. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think they're taking that guy over yes. any other transfer portal. So Joe Lauren, whether that's an excuse or whether that's the truth, um, that that was the matter of the fact this year. And I think I, I've said this a couple of times, and I don't know what every other coach does. I've only been with this one, right? He, he's the only you know experience I have playing for uh, was this guy. But his greatest strength right now can also be a greatest weakness because he's not kicking anybody out just because they're not playing to the level. Right. When you look at Georgia, you look at Alabama, you look at the other schools and guys move on that you're like, oh, that's weird. I'm guaranteeing you they were told, you're never going to play here. Go find somewhere else. Coach Sweeney will never do that unless you break a rule, unless you abide and do weird things and, you know, whatever in class. He's not kicking guys off. And, and so that, again, kind of takes up the room of, of guys not coming in. Now, if you want to say, hey, here's your recruiting number, it's 18. Why don't you take three of those and hold them for the transfer portal? That makes sense. And that's something that I think could, could be very viable. So it'll be interesting. I think this year, you're right. You add an offensive lineman here or there. You add a defensive end. And you even add a quarterback. Wide receiver, receiver, get yeah. yourself a yeah, Keon sure, Coleman. Man. Get yeah. a Keon Coleman. <laughs> That'd be nice. Hey, bro, I'd love that. I, <laughs> hey, maybe a uh, maybe a Concepcion, you know what I'm saying? Maybe, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Whatever it takes. Well, um, but, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. That because <laughs> NC State fans are so pressed right now that they see, oh, like, man, we got this, we've been wondering where the wide receiver is, and they're already freaked out about <laughs> But that's the game. That's the game. I'm joking. I hope he's not. I hope he's not. Um, But it it is the game. When it happens, we know that we're going to call him the Eric McLean wide receiver. (laughs) Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Your Ingles NIL money is the reason why. Yeah, you see it right here. We're we're saving up, man. We're saving up. It's all about about that that podcast hustle, man. That's right. That's right. All right. Speaking of Florida State, I like to get away from Clemson. Big. I was I was hesitant to call them the class of the ACC because before the wheels fell off at North Carolina the last two weeks, the way right. Duke had been playing, I did think to myself, look, yeah. Florida State's good, yeah. but I do think it's a strong ACC. But but based on what I've seen and how they handled uh, Duke's defense and wore them out, and then the way they completely dismantled Wake Forest, a respectable program. Of from the jump, too. From the they, jump. they didn't play yeah. with their food this week. It, it does look like Florida State's finally kind of in that zone and the class of the ACC. The question is, who's going to play them in Charlotte? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we have an elimination game this weekend, right, which mm-hmm. is exciting. Um, I, I think it's Louisville. I think that's been kind of clear. And it just, man, it, it quite frankly, it pisses me off, the Pittsburgh game, because it's just it's- what a waste of an opportunity <laughs> well, it, it totally is and, and it's yeah. just like okay. how what are you doing like it's not hard to play disciplined football and they just couldn't they just couldn't and uh weather whatever on the road now louisville has been a different team on the road i mean that's been very evident um mm-hmm. the great thing for them is three of these last four that they play are at home that's a good thing now they do have to go to miami you know who knows we'll see what happens but i do think it's going to be louisville um Super complete team when they're hidden, uh, especially when Jawar Jordan is available, which I don't think he was for that pick game. So that kind of helps yeah, answer he that question. Um, they, they're productive, man. They can do a lot of different things offensively. They really took what Duke gave them. 
um, which was not passing the ball. I mean, that passing defense is for real. Mm-hmm. And they ran it for for a career high for Jawar. And I thought the defense was excellent. So, you know, I think we're really going to them uh, continue to grow and expand. Now, Virginia Tech obviously going to be a tough <laughs> battle this weekend. And the Hokies are are figuring it out, which has been bizarre to say the least. But I think that – I think them, Georgia Tech, Louisville you can throw in there. That's who I was going to mention was Georgia Tech. I it, just, it just shows you how important quarterback <laughs> play is. And when you get a guy, you're in every game. There's no question. Yeah, I was going to mention Georgia Tech just because it would be very funny to me. Georgia Tech or Virginia Tech. To hey, be if they're ranked, Georgia Tech under Brad Keys probably going to win. That's, that's right. right. That's Make them 17, match. though. It can't be anything but 17. That's a good point. That's oh, good, a good point. point. Yes. And if North Carolina's a double-digit favorite against an ACC team, they're going to lose it at that point. <laughs> Eric McLean, ACC Network, <laughs> Kramlick and McLean, the podcast. Eric, we appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you later. No doubt, man. Appreciate you guys. Big thanks to Eric McLean for hanging out with us here on Ovias and Jillia. Always love catching up with him. He's a much more subtle, nuanced take on Clemson rather than us outsiders, Lauren. Exactly. Big thanks to Butcher's Market for sponsoring Ovias and Jillio. The weather's getting nice. It's time to be hanging out in your back patio. It's time to fire up that grill. There's only so many football tailgating opportunities left. Don't leave anything to chance. Get the good stuff at the Butcher's Market. You also have to start thinking about Thanksgiving. And if you want really easy sides, you want really easy appetizers, Butcher's Market's got it for you. So go check them out. they got locations across the triangle and, of course, a location out in Wilmington. Also, big thanks to Mosquito Authority and Pest Authority for sponsoring Ovias and Gilio. Uh, mosquito season's wrapping up now that it's getting cold. That doesn't mean that the critters aren't going to be active in the cold. They're seeking that heat. You want to make sure that that's taken, that's taken care of. That's where Pest, pest Authority comes into play. Check them out online, bugsbite.com. No contracts. You know, word is bought. Like, if they're going to get the job done, you're going to stick with them like I do, and uh, you're going to be really happy with your service. So, again, go check them out at bugsbite.com. Joining us in studio, Steve Wiseman covers Duke for the News and Observer. Did, did Mike Elko get a quick lesson this week on... What really moves the needle yeah. on Duke's campus? Yeah, I mean, you're coming off two losses, and then, boom, Monday morning, Cooper flag, flag day in October. Look, I don't, I'm not, I'm not I'm, so it's just jokes, people. I mean, what Mike Elko's been able to do at Duke has been fantastic, and we'll get into some of the offensive short-circuiting that seems to have taken yes. place the last couple of weeks, especially against Louisville. But are you surprised that Cooper flag is going to college? Oh, um, no, his mom played college basketball for, mm-hmm. for coach P Remember coach P from Duke when she yep. was at Maine. Yeah. So like there, and she's, uh, you oh, know, wait, are we that old now where, yeah, I'm afraid where to say Joanne it. P McCauley players have kids who, who are going to Duke. Yeah. We're big time recruits. That's okay. That's just, where we are. I just got, I just, <laughs> sorry. Got, I just got more, gr- I just got more gray in my beard. Yeah. Jeez, man. So, okay. So here yeah, we are. Cause like with ignite ignite has been, has been producing NBA draft prospects, right? Which is the entire point, right? But I guess, and I guess this is uh, a testament to what Nina King's trying to do at Duke as athletic director, what John Shire was elevated to do as the head coach, and they've got a general manager. I mean, NIL factors in here, and and Duke gets the game. And I guess if you're Cooper Flag and you have all of this following, well, 
no offense to Carolina, but where else would you want to go at this point if you want to combine the two things? And that's that's the selling point that Shire has, a big part of it. Yeah. Also, he can say, hey, Cooper, guys that play, have played your position for us, mm-hmm. Jason Tatum, Brandon Ingram, let's go on. You know, Jamari Parker was a top pick. He yeah. did flamed out as a player, but he got a lot of money, right? So yeah, Not the point. Yeah, yeah. He got so, there. Right. They put guys in position. To, they bring in guys that have all this ability at that position and build on it. Mm-hmm. They have a, they have a proven track record of that. Uh, so was it coincidence that John Shire got a contract extension just before this official announcement from Cooper Flag? There are no coincidences in <laughs> basketball. <laughs> and it was kind of like how the what was the Slam magazine like had the, it had the whole thing the like whole ready thing. to go. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It was. Remember that news came out also. While Cooper was on campus, that's right for countdown for official to visit. Yeah, um, and also back to the football thing, it came out the day Duke was playing Florida State in that big football game. Like, mm-hmm. oh, by the way, we're giving the coach a new contract. That's going to get released. <laughs> I mean, listen, <laughs> let's remember. I'm not, you don't even have to say. Like, we all know what it we get is. It. Like, some now schools are a little sensitive sometimes about like they, they don't want the the football coach to get their feelings hurt. Mm. Not as much there, which I get, by the way. I'm not saying I don't, but yeah. Yeah. it's (laughs) So about Duke football, look, Riley Leonard is not exactly, let's not make Riley Leonard something that he wasn't before the injury. It's not like he was this guy with a deadly arm that was going to beat you that way. I think Riley Leonard's uh, feature was the fact that he had this big play ability. He's tough to bring down. Yes. But with the, I don't want to say rushing back of the ankle sprain, mm-hmm. but he's clearly not at 100%. Right. They had a great game plan for Florida State, and I know it's cliche, but I feel like that Florida State loss where they poured everything out and eventually with Leonard's reaggravation of the injury and how they just kind of ran out of gas, I feel like that Seminoles game cost them two losses. And that's what you don't want to do as a coach, right? You obviously work hard not to let that happen, mm-hmm. but they, you know, Elko said they came out flat and we also, and I was there like, they, they had nothing. And I wrote this. It looked like Duke from two or three years ago. That's, yeah. yeah. Right? And that, that was, was really what was disappointing time, about it. First time it's happened. Yeah. Uh, in a while. Under, under Elko. Yeah. They really haven't laid an egg like that. Yeah. That was um, kind of alarming almost. Yeah. Um, Cause they fought so hard and like every other game this year, you can see it anytime they get down, it doesn't like they're going to keep fighting and they're going to make it tough on you. But that was just, they had nothing left. And part of it, I think, you know, the offensive lines beat up, which yeah. happens as years go on, but it's your top two guys, Graham Barton, who's going to be an NFL guy next year. And Jacob Monk, who has a, the most snaps yeah. of anybody in that line. God. Both went down, mm-hmm. and so um, they, they couldn't get the blocking going. The receivers are having trouble getting open down the field. That's a yeah. problem Elko mentioned after the Florida State game. Yeah. So that's an issue. So we'll see. In a short week, Riley coming back with an ankle in a short week, he's not going to be— Are they just living with it now? Yeah, they have to. Okay. Yeah. Because Henry Millen, the fourth, bless him, but he, just, it, he supposedly has an arm. Sure. But they're also not letting him throw— which is another kind of curiosity that I have. I mean, clearly this Duke team is built for what Riley Leonard brings to the table. Yeah. Um, and I guess you're just going to have to live with this going forward. Not to say that um, counting them out against North Carolina or anything like that, no. but I don't know. I just feel, I just feel like what, what started off as a really, really hot season, a really great season. It shows you just how fickle this can be, man. It can happen fast. And by the way, if any offense wants to get well, I think UNC might be no, the so defense to go against. I don't know. Right. But we'll Maybe. see. That's 10 days down, yeah. down the road here. And, man, <laughs> and, that's, and that's the thing about North Carolina. I don't really know. Brylo has her 
earned opinion years and years yes. and years of watching North Carolina football to be like, yeah, I told you so on this type of thing. I mean, I went there like, yeah, I, I understand what UNC football is and is not. But outside of Florida State, there are no teams in this ACC that give me a reason to go, yep, I can count on you this weekend. Yeah. North Carolina is just in this hodgepodge of other teams. I mean, who would have thought at the beginning of the season that Virginia Tech would actually have a path <laughs> Right. This is so, the most Virginia Tech thing they've That's done a, in years. Georgia Remember that one Tech? where they like lost to James Madison yeah. and won the league? Yes. This is, I mean, this is worse somehow, and they're doing it. It's like, what are you doing? And a few Why years ago, they lost. Uh, they lost. It was twenty nineteen. They lost to Duke on a, a Friday night. Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, forty two to eighteen or whatever the score it was. was. A beat they got down. beat that up. And in Duke Blacksburg. like barely won again. Right. right? And then Virginia <laughs> Tech went yeah. on and had a good season. So anyway, they make no sense. All right. Well, we need uh, we need Mike Elko to go viral here. Well, I mean, we've I'll had Dave, we had promo. We've, had, we've had Dabo do it. We've had Dave do it. We had Mac Brown doing it this week too. We need come on, come They're on. They're playing Elko. Wake this week, you Ooh. know. He and he and Dave Clawson, you know, are they have a history, right? They've coached they together. They very, very much want to beat one another for Thursday night. So maybe that will get it going. Do they, they like each other personally, though. They get along. They get along. Oh, yeah. They get, you know, well, they now we're not going to get the good stuff. Well, you never know. But I think you never know what competition's going to do. Jillio and I did have this conversation though at ACC kickoff. Is that we had to graduate from asking about Dave Clawson Wake Forest time because yes. he's very he's like. You know, I did go to Notre Dame. You know, I was mm. at Texas A&M. It's not just Wake Forest. I think so. I think this past summer was the last time we'll ever really bring up interesting right, that. Yeah, sort of he thing. makes that clear. Like, don't forget. Like, hey, don't forget. He's not Dave Clawson Jr. Don't he? That's clear. He's Mike Elko. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, I, I didn't know if it was more of like a, those schools are clearly far more important than Wake Forest, no, which no, I was no, like, no. dang. No, I think it's more about to, to Steve your point. It's more about you know I've made a name for myself. Yeah. Right. At this point, I'm not some sort of Dave Clawson protege. No, Correct. no. So I don't blame him. For I don't that. think anybody, no. I didn't, I never thought, I assumed that and thought that. Well, I mean, actually. at some point, the John Shire questions about Coach K are going to eventually get to the John Shire going, you know, look what I've done. <laughs> look what I'm doing yeah. here. You know, it's not just yeah, he, he, he might need a couple of years for that before that goes over. Super uh, <laughs> make it to the Final Four this year. We yeah. don't have that. And I think that's very much in the cards for Duke this season. Steve Wiseman, News and Observer. All right, man, we'll talk to you later. Thanks. I'm not saying Cooper flags the next Zion, but it's going to be interesting to go back to. There's not a next Zion. I'm just saying it's going to be it's going to be interesting to go back to Duke basketball games where the center of the universe For sure. is in Durham because they got this player that everybody wants to watch. They did, but it's still not Zion. Yeah, it's going to. I mean, that's tough to tell. That that, was special, that, that was, I, I, it's going to take me a while. That was a, that was probably like the last truly special season yes. of triangle basketball, because yes. not only did you have Zion and Virginia was running. Carolina hot, had a really good team Kobe and fun White team. Yeah. Johnson, fun. who yeah. I love to cover. That guy's great. I, I, man, that was such a fun season. It really was. I hope we have another year like that rather than what we've been kind of dealing with over the last couple of years. But. That's neither here nor there. You just need to show some appreciation for You're triangle right. basketball. You are correct. You are spoiled. Show some appreciation for your home value. Don't diminish it with some sort of guaranteed offer. Contact Hometown Realty. Check them out online at myhtr.com. Really easy website to navigate. More importantly, they got brokers uh, who understand this market. And not just, you know, the, the old home sales, but new construction as well uh, all across North Carolina. And if it comes to selling your home, again, don't leave money on the table. Get that maximum value. Show the true appreciation for your home. And if you buy a house, well, you need insurance for that. You know, who can get you covered, save you some money. 
Matt Davis over at State Farm. InsureGarner.com, theoginsurance.com, or call them directly at 919-779-8277. They'll save you money. I'm a State Farm customer. I've been a State Farm customer for a really long time. They've always got great customer service, always available, always answering your questions. And again, most importantly, finding ways to save you money. Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline from the News and Observer, columnist Luke Takak. This is, uh, you ready for a little old dudes in their uh, in their mid to late 40s talking about how things used to be? You ready for that? Yeah. Oh, man. Let's serve it up. <laughs> so you texted me. Just, hey, man, that's all I do anymore. You texted me last night and you're like, Dabo beefing down. I thought to myself, oh, geez, what did I miss? Because I'm trying to spend less time on Twitter, right? So I open up Twitter and I and I, I'm like ah there it is and I see the tiger calls and I and I had I had two thoughts so follow me here the first one was what year is it where, where where did I transport back to am I back to my senior year at NC State working the board for the Steve Logan show where the old ECU coach would battle with ECU fans who were upset about a game and he would ask questions like hey how much money are you giving to the Pirate Club. Oh, you're just like 20 bucks? Nah, I don't, I don't want to hear from you. The, these are things that happen. Or is it Roy Williams mid two? Was it mid 2000s when he gave us the famous, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not I'm a doctor. Not, I'm not a lawyer. I, got, I know more about basketball on my little finger. And then, you know, when your entire body. Yeah. So that was probably know, almost 20 years ago. Yeah. So my first thought was, are they still taking phone calls in Clemson on the coaches show? Time, time moves a little more slowly up there in the uh, upstate. Right, my, sec- my second thought is that I just gave you some examples, but it even goes deeper than that. Who's the Chicago Cubs coach that was like an urban legend because he went yeah. on a on a rant? Who was that again? Lee Ely in 1983, one of the seminal moments of my childhood, ripping the fans. I mean, I don't know. I know there's no FCC looking over your shoulder, but there are people listening in the car, so I yeah. can't actually quote him. I think. Jay Johnstone in his book actually tallied it up in his autobiography. I think there were 38 F-bombs um, plus a bunch of other variations on the word and other words you can't use with umpires. Yeah. The gist of it, though, was our team's playing hard. Stop booing the players. Um, it's day baseball. The only people come out here because they don't even work. Uh, <laughs> playground for the blankety blanks. I mean, just an unbelievable speech, but it's 1983. There was one TV station there. Yeah. And one radio reporter there, the TV station's tape got lost long ago. That was my guy, Mark Greco at Channel 5. Um, they had it. And then this guy, Les Grobstein, who was like the Tony Rigsby of Chicago, just the oh, wow. radio okay. guy who was everywhere with his microphone, um, had a tape. And that's the one that kind of got duplicated. That's the one that's on MP3s now. Uh, when I was a kid, that got passed around on a cassette tape. And we would all huddle around and listen to it. Next year, he was right. He got fired for that. The next year, the Cubs won the made the playoffs for the first time in four years, and yeah. um, you know that that was the seminal moment of my childhood was the '84 Cubs. So um, you know Lee Elia just sort of uh, having enough of the Cubs fans booing his team and letting them have it. That that's one of the great coach blasts fans moments of all time. I I don't think Dabo's in that league. He's he's no. kind of in them. No, well the the thing the reason why I bring up these examples. Um, is that none of this is new Co- coaches going after fans is not a new concept to the point where I'm glad you brought up the cassette tape. It was kind of thought of as funny. We're like, Oh man, did you hear what he did here? And you pass it around and you listen to a bunch of times. Social media makes it really easy to pass around. And then it becomes this big referendum on Dabo and whether or not he's losing or whatnot. 
there's valid points to be made about where Clemson is under Dabo and has, how he has to evolve. This phone call thing is more of like a throwback to me than anything else. Like, I enjoy the fact that he had a caller go. The caller went for two and a half minutes. The, yeah, the that was I mean, at that point. Half you minutes. You can't blame Dabo at that point. I mean, he just wants the mic back. <laughs> um, that's the point. He's like, hey, okay, I've heard enough. Like, what's your name again? I don't care. And he went on his rant, things like that. So anyway, this is a this is a jumping off point to a larger conversation that maybe coaches do need to log off because you've got Dabo with this. You got Dave Thorne going after Steve Smith and he's given more context and apparently they've texted and videoed and everything else. And even Mac Brown yesterday gave a very interesting press conference where he used bitch and bitching about six wins and fans, you know, not appreciating things. These coaches want to feel appreciated. But with the money going up, the selling of championships and how we're this XYZ program, the, the messaging is getting lost here. And the coaches can't just whine about lack of appreciation when it's part of the sell, man. I think what all three of those coaches have in common, Dabo, Dave, and Mac, is they're feeling the pressure from fans who, quite frankly, expect more from them. Yeah. You know, that's we go back to shit, be happy, we won. Mm-hmm. You know what, Dave? In year 11, people aren't happy you beat UConn. Mm-hmm. they're not they want to be clemson a, a, the worst clemson team in a generation so you did that great but you know learn how to take a w man um, uh, the, the 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 learn how to take a w part i think i think you and i disagree on this i think i think what dave's doing here is firing up his team you know the the idea that they don't quit for all the faults that dave has none of the teams ever really quit they, they always at least have a chance or they look like they still give a damn and I think Dave's attitude kind of feeds into the team. And I think there's a portion of Dave Dorn, um, either detractors or supporters that look at what Dave does and goes, you know what? I like that red meat. It's, it's the old. Oh, no, I'm sure they, I'm sure he does. I'm just saying like you, know? you beat Clemson. And you don't need to bring Steve Smith into this. You don't need to do this Ryan daylight stuff. Like this is our, if someone already did this this year, they found, we we don't you know we already had an NC State connection we had Lou Holt so right um but but the the thing all three coaches have in question is whether it's because their program is receding in the case of Dabo mm-hmm. or they fluffed another chance at the big time in the case of Mac or what you thought was going to be an okay season that turned into a pretty hard to watch season although as you said NC State keeps fighting there's no doubt about that mm-hmm. but the the rebirth of the offense certainly hasn't didn't happen. Um, and there's questions, I think legitimate questions about the state of the program in year 11, where you have no skill players yeah. and that just shouldn't happen. So all three of these coaches are dealing with the same thing from their fans, which is they're the, from the coach's perspective, like, Hey, haven't I built up a reservoir of goodwill with you where you should cut me some slack. And from the fans perspective, it's no, you've been here for a while. You've proven you can do better than this. We're not happy with this, whether it's, you know, state failing to break through or Carolina tripping over its own shoelaces or Clemson receding. And quite frankly, all three of those things are happening. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a th- this is not a one season thing. This is a Clemson's been building for two years at Carolina. It's been building during two Mac tenures. And that state has been building really for, for three or four years when there was that sense that, OK, now state's on the cusp. This is the breakthrough. This is the chance to finally get to Charlotte. It, it never happened. I guess it could, it could backdoor happen this year, which would be incredible. That would be the ultimate law of the Wolfpack season. But, um, you know, I think I think when coaches start lashing out at players, I use the phrase or fans, I use the phrase beef down. Mm. But to me, it, you know, you think, oh, it's great. They're throwing red meat to the fans. And there is a, a sense of that. I think when you have a great like if state were seven and one, 
Mm-hmm. And David said that. I think that's a different conversation. Um, to me, this is insecure coaches lashing out at the people who have the temerity to criticize them when that criticism is entirely justified. Yeah, I'm with you on the fact that the criticism is justified, although there is a difference between these three coaches. Dabo's not going anywhere. Dave Dorn is not going anywhere. Mac Brown is a more interesting case, and it's not lost on me that he keeps bringing up the fact that Drake May only has two more home games left. He brought that up in the press conference on Monday. He called his shot at the beginning of the year. I do wonder what is next at UNC. I mean, I can envision a scenario where, where Mac Brown walks away at the end of the season because we don't, they don't have another, I mean, last time I checked, they don't have another generational QB, a guy that you know that's going to be playing on Sundays, coming down the line the way that Drake May was positioned at UNC. But at the same time, while I can see Mac Brown retiring, I don't know what the plan is at UNC. How do you replace him? What's the obvious choice to come to Chapel Hill? And off the top of my head, I don't know. I don't know that there is one. I'm not sure that's a huge problem. You know, this is a extremely well-funded program. I mean, Mm -hmm. for whatever Mac hasn't done at UNC, he's put UNC back on the national map, both in terms of recruiting and attention. I mean, I think it's an attractive job to any good young coach out there who feels a, a an opportunity, sees an opportunity to to take over. A, you know, Joe, I'm going to coin a phrase here, a sleeping giant of college oh, yes. football. You should put that on a T-shirt. Uh, yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, obviously the, the failure of really two generational quarterbacks. I mean, there are a lot of skills that would kill for a Sam Howell, let alone a Drake May. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the failure to, to capitalize on either of those with opportunities. I mean, it wasn't that they were, you know, four and eight both years. I mean, they had opportunities to break through. Um, is it time for Mac? I mean, that's kind of a Mac decision. Certainly feels like it's trending that way. Um, the frustration that's coming out, the idea that it's probably a multiple year rebuilding cycle starting next year. Um, the, the fact that he can kind of say he did what he came here to do, yeah, despite not actually winning anything. I won a division. I shouldn't say that. Despite only, you know, having winning one division and, and not really doing that national thing. I mean, he can say that he's leaving the program in a much better place than he found it. I, I think that's a fair thing to say, regardless of the criticisms of Mac and his team's failure um, to, to win the big, the little game mm-hmm. um, or beat Florida State. Uh, the failure to sort of, you know, the, the 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 nightmare of living the same season over and over again in perpetuity. Uh, despite all of that, I don't think there's any doubt that Carolina football is in a stronger place. It's a better brand than he was than it was when he took over. And look, what matters in college football in 23? Doesn't matter whether you win. Doesn't matter whether you recruit. Doesn't matter whether your fans are happy. It matters whether you're a brand. That's mm-hmm. the that's the the future. So you know, Colorado's a brand now. Great. You know, that's that's awesome. I'm happy. That's it's 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 exciting, but in the end, you know, Matt can say he's done that for Carolina. I, I don't think Carolina football is a quote unquote brand in the final Larry Fedora years the way it is now. We'll wrap things up with the Carolina Hurricanes as the month of October comes to a close. I don't. Canes have barely been home in the month of October as they continue this second part of their October road trip. Uh, but we're just going to go into the life advice of Father Finn. If it was easy, it wouldn't be hard. And if it was hard, it wouldn't be easy. I mean, I, I understood what Auntie Ranta was trying to say the other day after they uh, after they beat the San Jose. Or was it after the Kraken game or the Sharks game? Sharks game. It was the Sharks the game. game. Was, yeah. So they uh, they won last night. They beat uh, they beat the Flyers. They're they're in New York on Thursday. And I I guess to me the the overall takeaway for the Carolina Hurricanes so far is that 
uh, Tom Dundon was absolutely right to double down on uh, Tevu Teravainen, who has been spectacular in the month of October. It's nice to get Andrei Sveshnikov back. Uh, it's the one thing that the Canes have been known for under Rod Brindamore the last few years. Their defense and goaltending has been suspect in October, but it's October. You can work yeah. these things out, and they look they look like they're back on track playing what the Canes are typically playing. But I, I'm not I'm not sweating the defense and the and the goaltending yet. No, I I wouldn't sweat the details now either. I, the phrase I've used a lot with people is motivational dead zone, yeah. especially on that state fair road trip. It's really hard to get up for these games when you know you're going to make the playoffs. I think what you saw last night against the Flyers was a team that kind of said, all right, let's go beat these guys. And then we got to, <laughs> you know, have a nice dinner. Like, like kind of roused itself in the third. Yeah. Um, you know, Tavo, they didn't have a lot of options. There wasn't a lot of demand for Tavo Terabine in last year. It was basically a prove it or lose it situation this year. Um, I give you know, I talked to him after the at length after the, the game against San Jose. Confidence matters. And I honestly think this is one of those weird unintended consequences things. His thumb from the slash in the playoffs last year is still not quite right. He still mm-hmm. can't fully bend it. I think that may have encouraged him to sort of, you know, try fewer passes and shoot more. And like look at the results. Like that shot last night was a laser. The the, the third goal against the uh against the sharks was a laser oh I, I couldn't watch it last night luke because i kept getting a load failure yeah i was actually trying to watch it on the couch while i watched the lions game and i had to go go in the bedroom and tom done got it. money can we just get it can we just can you just do an app already hey be careful what you wish for on that well, that's all i'll say on that i mean i know the it'll cost experiences me some people have had with teams going solo on their rights is not a yeah. uh, trip through the through the daisies but you know the look the, the biggest problem the Hurricanes had, it, it, the defense is, was was a struggle in the first sort of whatever number of games. Uh, that That's natural. Like, look how long it took Dougie Hamilton to adjust to the system. Look how long it took Brent Burns to adjust to the system. Mm-hmm. Um, Orlov, D'Angelo coming back, Jalen Chatfield readjusting to a new role, although I feel like he should have earned the sixth spot. Uh, it's a different conversation. Um, that's all sort of something we see every year with this team. And I think you saw last night Orlov getting better. I mean, I think it's going to get better over the next two months. Um, in the end, it's fine. And the, the part of the Ranta quote when he was channeling Arthur Zerbe and his wacky Latvian met- metaphors was he started out saying, you go through rough patch. You do, right. So it's hard. If it was hard, if it was easy, it wouldn't be hard. So it's hard. So it's not easy. But you know what? It's good for this team to go through a little adversity. They've been on easy street the last couple of years. And then when adversity has come in the playoffs, they haven't handled it that well. Mm-hmm. So you know what? Fight through something. Show a little something. Uh, do it now. Do it in December. Do it in January. Have a little reserve of a little fight back when it matters. So when you get into a one-goal game in the playoffs, you know you're, you you can fight through it and get that goal. So Michael Bunting scoring last night, that's another good sign because that's the guy they need to, 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 to give them the goals they were missing. Not that a table would help, too. Bunting is one of those complimentary pieces that you brought here for the, the sandpaper and to get some scoring out of it too. But yes, uh, the bigger, the, the bigger takeaway again is Tara Vine and looking like himself again. Uh, but again, it's early. They're going to be some ups and downs and guys are going to go through rough patches. So yeah, Luke, if it was hard, it wouldn't be easy. Thank you. Ati Ranta. Luke Takak, columnist, news and observer. All right, man, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you later. You got it, kid. All right, Lauren, let's get out of here with some Hey Joe questions, shall we? Sure. All right. You can hit us up on social media, you know, threads, uh, Twitter, et cetera. But I actually wanted to get into our YouTube comments. 
Um, I want, I don't want YouTube premium. Thank you very much. So I was interested in some of the comments that we ended up getting from YouTube, like from Robert. I can only dream of what state would be with Casey and the addition of Drake May. Don't think you guys have given enough time to state's defense and Peyton Wilson. Oh, come on. We, we lauded Peyton Wilson. Peyton Wilson is having like an incredible season and he was already really good, but like the season is incredible from Robert. Everyone's talking about Steve Smith stuff and must've missed the first line about how many people fans have lost faith in the team. Yes. Yeah. That was a, that was kind of a buried lead there, but I think as some people have actually pointed out in, in terms of how state fans have been, they keep showing up. I'm actually trying to see if I yeah, can find. Do. I'm trying to see. Ah, here it is from uh, Spring Pro. Carter Finley was basically full for a four and three team. Just shut up, Doran. Nobody else in the ACC would have I, done that on a Saturday. Just look down the road at what a six and zero team could muster. I mean, I think like some of that. I mean, we can't talk about that without context. If we're going to talk about the other without like, if you want context to add to what Doran said, like don't yeah. whatever. It's fine. But the larger point, the larger the point is that state yeah. fans keep showing up. They do keep showing up. Yes. You're right. But I think, I don't think what Dave was talking about was that. I think what he was talking about was like kind of the negative talk about like who the, like who the personnel is on offense mm. and stuff like that. And like how the offense just sucks. And maybe even some of the negative negativity that was like thrown Brennan Armstrong's way and stuff. like. That. I think that's more of the stuff he's talking about. And look, he's already a sensitive guy, but he cares about, his players. I mean, I think that's where a lot of this comes from with head coaches. It does Mm -hmm. come from ego somewhat, but a lot of them like genuinely love their guys very much. And they don't like to see them. If if anybody's going to be critical of them, it's got to be the coach. Like not y'all like leave them alone kind of thing. I think that was a little bit of his defensiveness unless like you're not showing up, but I, I could be wrong. You know how, that relationship has always been from uh, from Jay Clemens on on YouTube. UNC football after Saturday is what NC State football became midway through the 2006 season under Chuck Amato. It's the realization that the Ooh. national program, Texas, Florida Ooh. State, from which these coaches had their national success, is not the same as the regional programs they came here to coach. Mac, like Chuck, as was brought here to lead these schools into a renovation based capital project. Well, very fancy. Those coaches eventually did exactly what they were brought here to do. And ironically, once those capital projects were completed, fans stopped believing in that this is how you become elite coach speak. Those coaches continue to sell. It was bound to happen with Carolina. And I knew it would turn by year four or five with the Mac 2.0 experiment. I did ask the question yesterday. Is this as, and you and I have texted about, texted about this. Is this as far as Mac Brown can take North Carolina? In the grand scheme of things, you've got this Hall of Fame coach and Mac Brown, who's won a national championship, is he the ceiling for UNC football? That's hard to say because, like, and I, I don't say this in ter- Do you mean like what he represents in general, or like because he's he's not long for that job, no, no matter no, what? No, he's not long for that job. I don't know who the next guy is going to be. And that's, the point, the, that's to me, I think the big question, right? The, the point is if he, if you have Mac Brown, who has an actual, like, a legit football Hall of Fame resume, right? If this as far as he can take it, is this just what UNC football is? Um, you know, that's a complicated question. It is a complicated question. It really question, is. Which and we probably I don't think, have enough time for. No, I mean, we probably don't, but I will say this. I think like they the the thing is that I think hurts the fans is that they get close. Mm-hmm. And it seems as if, oh, all we have is this small obstacle to overcome. And it's not easy. Right. And, and it's not. And I think it would be easier almost if they were doing 
even the more Chuck Amato-y thing of upsetting the ranked teams. And that's not happening no, really not. either. So you add those two things together, mm-hmm. you're losing games you shouldn't, and you're not upsetting anybody. That's not, that's going to lead to fan impatience because it's like, okay, we get that you can't beat all these ranked teams. And we understand that. And for the most part, they've acquitted themselves well in games against ranked teams. Like it's not like they've gotten humiliated in most of them, but like the, these are the games you can't lose. Yeah. Like that's the problem. I think that's that's a big issue. It's like you, you it's right there for you. It's on a tee. They just want you to take care of what mm-hmm. you can take care of and what's reasonable to ask. And I think to lose games like that twice in a row, like it's just it's tough to watch. It, it, so like if you ask me, is that the best Carolina can do? Like, no, I don't necessarily think so. But like if you're gonna talk about the record, you know, yeah, maybe. Like maybe from Carl, you I would guys- hear that. You guys dogging on Dave or any coach in the triangle rather than celebrate triangle athletics is unbecoming. I live a thousand miles away and follow my homeschool. Unbecoming. Shadowed. I feel like I'm at Cotillion. It is shadowed by your sour reviews. Don't cry There's, about it. There just feels like a lot of nasty coverage coming from the triangle. It makes my interest in college athletics less fun. I'm I, glad look, we have. Uh, the, wow. Carl, we're very powerful for you, Carl. Look, man, Carl. <laughs> like, I don't know what to tell you, dude. Um, all I know is that I don't know what's positive af- after losing the way that Carolina has lost the last couple of weeks. Yeah, as, what, what, I'm sorry. What, as, what positive what, do you what want you me to draw to from that? And then as far as Dave Dorn is concerned, I do think this kind of comes down to a classic case of you hear what you want to hear. And Joe and I had a pretty ro- robust conversation about Dave Dorn. And I said straight up, I understood where Dave Dorn was coming from in terms of wanting his flowers, in terms of how NC State's budget is, what he's working with, what he's been able to do in 11 years, how the floor has improved over time right, and things sure. like that. And can you nitpick pick various things about it, like who yeah. they've beaten, stuff our, like that? Yes. But. Our job, you know, NC State doesn't pay me. North Carolina doesn't pay me. They don't pay you. They don't pay mm-hmm. Joe. Our jobs are to be basically to give as much context and understanding as to why things are the way they are in the triangle. And that's what you do after you've been here for a long time. So it's not dogging and it's not dogging Dave. It's adding context to what he claims is going on at NC State. It's adding context to why he feels the way that he feels. If you feel that's negative, I don't know what to tell you other than there are plenty of outlets available to you that will give you nothing but sunshine all the time. I just think uh, that's very much a Dabo energy of you're the, you're the problem. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think we're the problem. It's me. Hi. I don't think we're the problem. Anyway, no. that's going to wrap it up for today's show. Uh, we'll see you Thursday for a little ACC Week 10 premature evaluations. Yep, excited. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.